Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Hello, you're about to listen to a podcast with Lee Ronaldo speaking to Ben Monaghan. Unfortunately, there were some issues with Ben's microphone during recording, so apologies. We hope you enjoy it regardless. Hello and welcome to Rough Trade Radio's shoplifting podcast with me, Ben Monaghan. Um, privileged to be joined in the studio today by Lee Ronaldo. Hi, how are you? Good to be here. I'm good. It's great. It really is great to have you here. Same here. It's really really fun to be back in London. It's been a little while since I've been here. Yeah. You've and been to the store before, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You big big sort of vinyl collector? I don't know if I'm a big collector, but I play a lot of vinyl, and I just I just replaced my old vintage turntable with a new old vintage turntable. So <laughs> right. I, I'm 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 into it for sure. Sound better? It sounds better. It's you know it's it's a '70s era turntable, like the kind that were around when I was growing up, and it just you know it sounds great. So that's, that's when they were kind of built to last. Yeah, exactly. They're still working. I was going to say, needing little introduction, uh, you're obviously famed for your work as a solo artist, visual artist, and producer, and also as co-founder of Sonic Youth. Um, and obviously, we're here today to talk about your latest solo album, Electric Trim. Yeah. Out now on mute. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, for me, it's a real masterpiece of an album. Um, I believe it was recorded across New York and Barcelona with producer Raúl. Referee Fernandez. Yeah, Raul Referee Fernandez. He's he's he lives in Barcelona. He's a, a recent uh, new friend of mine. We made this record together. It's pretty much a collaborative record between him and me. Uh, the guys in my band, The Dust, and a bunch of other players are on it. Sharon Van Etten and Nels Klein and you know all these Kid Million, Steve Shelley, Alan Lick, Tim Lunsell. But the bulk of it is a is a collaborative uh, effort between Raul and myself and. Um, yeah, he we recorded it and mixed it between New York and Barcelona in, through a period of about a year, and and I'm super excited about it. For me, it's one of the best records I've ever been involved in. In terms of like the experience of making the record, it was an amazing record to make, and it definitely goes right up there with with any any of the best records I've ever been involved with in terms of like studio creation of a record. It seems like there's I mean there's a real blend of kind of. So it's more electronic beats and samples yep. and then more raw live kind of Yeah, it's kind of a nice combination of the two. I mean, Raul brought in a lot of sort of more modernist techniques than are usually appearing on my records, like electronic drums and a lot of sampled sounds and things like that. And, um, you know, I think I was looking to do something different. So I was collaborating with him on the music and I was collaborating with another friend of mine, Jonathan Lethem, on the lyrics to a lot of these songs. So... Um, you know, it was it was it was a really interesting experience in that it was a very experimental record for me. You know, at this moment in in my career, it was like experimental on the side of the music and experimental in terms of the way the lyrics were constructed with you. You know, collaborating with Jonathan and um, so I, I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I'm I'm super pleased with the result. Was that always the the aim from from the outset to kind of? kind of work collaboratively yeah. and challenge yourself in a different way. Yeah, I think so. I think when Raul came on the picture, his idea was um, let's not let's make a record that doesn't sound 
uh, in the same mold. You know, like my last few records were two guitars, bass, and drums, sort of in the same mold that Sonic Youth was two guitars, bass, and drums. And his idea was, let's make a record that sounds different. Let's re- make a record that feels different. Let's take your songs and your music and and find some new uh, possibilities inside it. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what we accomplished with this record because it sounds very different and I think it's opened me up to a lot of other ways to uh, to be able to present what I'm doing. Sure. Yeah. Do you think that's maybe um, that sort of works well with your personality? You seem to be someone who works well collaboratively with a bunch of different people and different ideas. I suppose as a producer that has that's quite a yeah to bring together a lot of different ideas and yeah. form something yeah i mean when you you know when i'm in the producer's role that's what i'm trying to do with the people that i work with and um and i think Raul's more a more serious producer than i am in that uh like he does this with a lot of different people and and he's very good at like putting himself aside and trying to figure out a way to bring out the best in whatever artist he's working with and i mean you know the the bottom line beyond all that is you know, he came to New York and he was like, well, I'm coming. Should we should we try some stuff, you know, at the very beginning of this process? And like we spent a week or 10 days in the studio together and we both just like we both just loved what we were hearing. And it was it, the, the so the bottom line across the whole time it took to make this record is it was one of the most fun projects ever. It was just like every week it was like a new discovery and whatever was going on with the songs were the, the way they were developing. It was like we were just like we would just look at each other and be like, wow, this sounds amazing, you know. So it was it was a really fun uh, process from beginning to end. It never got, it never felt like, oh my god, we've been working on this forever. Will it ever end? It was always just like, this is amazing. I can't wait to go back to the studio tomorrow and do some more. And and is that always? I suppose it's also that constant search for new sounds and new approaches. That yeah, has been a thread through all of your work. Yeah. Yeah, you know, normally the process is is the songs get written and then you show them to a band and you the band rehearses for a while until you're ready to record and then you put the microphones up and record. That's kind of the process that I'm used to. Yeah. And in this record, my we started from super crude acoustic demos that I had made before there were even lyrics or anything. And we just started from that. So the songs were very... The, the beginnings of the songs were much more open-ended. Nothing was really very defined. So... We could take the songs and say, well, maybe this one needs a piano or this one needs a marimba or a tambourine or something. And it wasn't like everything was locked into like two electric guitars, bass and drums from the start. It was it was more open ended. So the songs kind of told us what they needed in a way. You know, we tried a lot of different sounds and even for things like electric guitars, we tried a lot of different sounding electric guitars than, say, I would normally gravitate towards, you know. Yeah. And, and and it shows, I think there's a real freedom to the album. Yeah, we're definitely, between Jonathan and Raul and myself, we're definitely planning to do more. So I'm really excited about that. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'll maybe ask you about, about that later. Yeah. Um, but yes, I suppose we should move on to your shoplifting choices. So we've challenged you to pick uh, five records or CDs um, or a book um, to choose um, for, any, for any reason, something that can... You know, be something you love or something new to you that excites you, but um, and then we've asked you to pick a track from each. So, can I ask you what your first shoplifting choice is? Um, I think we're going to start with uh, Neil Young's newest record, which is called Hitchhiker. Uh, it just came out, and yet it was recorded. I'm trying to read the fine print here, it was recorded in in 1976. 
Uh, it was meant to be an album by him at the time. It's just him solo, ac acoustic guitar and voice, and maybe a little harmonica. And in the end, he he, and I guess he recorded it in Hawaii on the night of a full moon in 1976. You know, Neil's all about that full moon stuff, and and with good reason. I think it works for him. And uh, in the end, he shelved this record, and a lot of the songs on this record, I think almost every song except for a couple, were um, parceled out on other records. Uh, not these versions, but like uh, like uh, Pocahontas here was was on uh, Rust Never Sleeps, and Powderfinger was on Ragged Glory or one of the other records, and almost every song here was, was re-recorded in a different manner for another record. And so this became kind of a lost album of his, and he just released it uh, in the last couple of weeks. And so I've been listening to it a little bit, and it's really cool because it's it's that it's that intimate uh, Neil Young solo acoustic guitar and voice kind of. If you if you love that aspect of Neil Young, this is a bunch of new material in in that format. And um, you know, a lot of the songs are already known and loved, and and you know, he's one of those guys like Dylan that just has so much stuff in their vaults and so it's great when they they deign to release some of it so that we can hear it you know especially for people that go out and collect bootlegs or whatever you're trying to find all this stuff and so it's nice when they release it and it sounds good and all that so um i'm going to choose a track from this to start and um i think i'm going to choose the first song pocahontas which is um was we we kind of know it from rust never sleeps from a different version of it and uh, this is the original version that he recorded of it. And, I mean, it's a beautiful, surreal song about the 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 passing of the American Indians and, and the sort of injustices that were done to them. And it spans uh, this historical scope from the time of the American Indian to uh, sitting with Marlon Brando in Hollywood uh, talking about American Indians. And it's, it's so it's got this kind of surreal... Thing going on. It's always been a very favorite song of mine by Neil. Aurora Borealis, the icy sky at night, paddles cut to water in a
Okay, so we'll move on to uh, your second shoplifting choice. Okay, well, you know, I wanted to pick something by Can, because I uh, they're they're a band that's always, you know, around for me and I, that I listen to them a lot. And uh, founding member Holger Zukai died recently, and that prompted me to 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 be playing their records again a little bit more so these days. And you know, their whole run of records is is really fascinating as a band. They were really fascinating. They call them Krautrock. You know, they're a German band from the 70s that were kind of a hippie collective. They were, you know, coming out of the, some of the same kind of psychedelic times that, you know, American bands like the Grateful Dead were coming out of. But they were, you know, they were they moved more into they have affinities with punk as well. You know, yeah. I know that like yeah. someone like John John Lydon was really referencing this stuff when he was doing the pill music, the early pill music. I mean, I think they were really into can. And Definitely, I think there's endless people, you know, yeah. go back and reference. And, and I think the Krautrock banner kind of limits what they were. Exactly. And, you know, they, they went through a whole different lineup of vocals, vocalists, each of which put their stamp on. You know, it's interesting that they were a band that... Um, had a bunch of different vocalists, and yet not no one vocalist really, really defines who they were. I mean, maybe Demo Suzuki, who's on this record soundtracks that I'm holding in my hand, uh, is is one that people think of. But their music, I don't know, their music just encompassed so much stuff. They were very inventive. They were working with tape loops and early electronic stuff, and and I, it's it's constantly rejuvenating to me to listen to their music. I really love it and have done so for a long time. Uh, so I thought I'd pick a, rec uh, a song from Soundtracks, and let's pick a uh, first song on side two, for those of you who still remember Sides of Vinyl, and this is called Mother Sky, and I'll pick that one because it's, the, well, <laughs> I hope it's not too long, it's the longest track on this record, um, so I'll pick that, and this one is for you, Holger. Thank you. 
you know, we're in London, and um, I wanted to pick something that reminded me of, of my thoughts about London when I was, you know, when Sonic Youth was first starting and we were first getting inspired by bands from coming to the States from across the pond and, and things we were first thinking about when we, when we first came to the UK in like, uh, I don't know, 83, I think was the first time we came here in those early years. And so I picked the Slits album. And, you know, wandering through the store, I saw it on the shelves and thought like, well, that's a really great choice because this record was so important to us when it came out and made such a strong impression on us. And I recently read Viv Albertine's book and absolutely just loved it so much. It's such an incredible book. And it really is does such an incredible job of evoking this period of time. Um, I really loved the record and I really just loved what they did. We Sonic Youth... A later version of the slits opened for us in the like late 2000s in New York at a big outdoor event that we played, and so our our continuity with the band was was pretty lengthy. But this first record, you know, with them kind of naked, covered in mud on the cover, I mean, it's such an enigmatic cover picture, and I don't know. There was just something very mysterious about this band. I don't, uh, I I don't even know. I think there was a second record, but this is the record that really kind of encapsulated it for um, for us. And and uh, I don't know. It's 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 a record that has this interesting quality because at that time there were a lot of people forming bands, and this is true of a lot of the New York no wave uh, artists as well. You know, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks, or the Contortions, or DNA. There were a lot of people forming bands that really didn't technically know how to play. You know, some of them honestly didn't know how to play at all but some of them knew a little bit but just didn't know very much like they couldn't whip out a clapton riff if their life depended on it or something like that and that's that's a good thing as far as i'm <laughs> yeah. concerned um but just just trying to say you know how how amateur they were and so there were all these people that you know musicians might have called amateurs that were um making music and it was the ideas that mattered not the technical ability and so we and many uh, of our peers were gravitate, gravitating towards all these uh, sort of amateurishly played records that just had that just were bursting with ideas and inspiration. And it didn't matter to us whether there was a technical ability at work because that's that was never the point anyway. And so this is one of those records, like like the Raincoats, and you know there were a lot of bands in that period where, you know, it was it was about the ideas and what was being presented. And this this first Slits record, which is called Cut, um, is is in definitely in that group in terms of just being a really impressionable record, and it happens to have a song called Shoplifting on it.
My fourth choice I don't have in front of me here because I, I actually didn't find it in the store. I want to choose this uh, this song by an artist, a uh, hip-hop artist called Young M.A. And um, she's a young artist whose song, in particular this one song that I want to choose, it's called U.U. And it came out, I don't know, six or eight months ago or something like that. And, you know, I, I, listen, to, I listen to all kinds of things. I listen to a fair share of hip-hop, especially because... Uh, I have kids at home who are really into it, so we hear all that stuff around the house, whether it's Kendrick or, or Kanye or Drake or Eminem or whatever it is. But uh, I discovered this track by this this woman called Young M.A., and it's, it's, it's a very interesting song. It's kind of uh, a song that is gender-blurred. I think I was talking to a few people about this song, and they were like, oh, that's a guy singing that song. You're wrong. And and, and indeed, it is a woman, but um, it's sort of sung. It's like a song of sexual bravado sung as though a guy was singing it. But it's it's a woman singing it, which kind of turns the tables on the whole thing. And I mean, I don't really know what about it I, I like so much, but there's just something about the quality of it. It's it's both really thoughtful and worked out and yet feels very offhand at the same time. I really love it, and and I actually find that uh, I, I hear a lot of other hip hop that reminds me of it, and I don't know, you know, which came first or you know whatever, but I think that I think that it was kind of impressionable, and that that a lot of other people have used little little elements of it in their songs, whether it's the vocal delivery or 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 something. But um, I, I just find I keep playing it. I play it I play it over and over, and I play. I've been playing it for months now. Everyone, you know, not all, not every day, but. It's one of those songs I keep coming back to thinking like, man, that's a really great song. So it's called Ooh You. Yo, bro. I think I had too much Hennessy, man. This Hennessy getting to me. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little smashed. I'm a little dressed. But we in the club, man. Oh. Yeah, they hate, but they broke them. And when it's time to pop, they have no shit. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm local. The loud got me moving slow mo. Hey, yo, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? Hey, yo, Keys, where the hoes, though? That other nigga, he a bozo. It's a mayor, you don't know. We got liquor by the boatload. Disrespect the life, that's a no no. All my niggas dressed in that rojo. I ride for my guys, that's the broco. Bro Baby gave me head, that's a low blow. Damn, she make me weak when she deep throw. I need a rich bitch, not a cheap hoe. Baby on that hate shit, I peep though. My brother told me, fuck him, get that money, sis. You just keep on running on your hungry shit. Ignore the hate, ignore the fake, ignore the funny shit. Cause if a nigga violate, we got a honey clip. And we gon' zero to a hundred quid. We just them niggas you ain't fucking with. 
chain huh? And still go back a thotty and some bummy shit Yo, Eli, why they testing me? Huh? Like, I don't always keep the hammer next like, to me. Like, I ain't got a header to the left like, of me. I ain't got like, we ain't in these streets more than sesame. Ooh. But that shit chick, then why she texting me? Why she keep calling my phone, speaking sexually? Ooh. Every time I'm out, why she stressing Yo, why me? She stressing you call her Stephanie? Call her, huh? I call her Heffany. Oh. I don't open doors for her. No, no, no. I just want the neck, nothing more. No, no, no. Shorty, make it clap, make it a pro. When you tired of your man, give me a call. Dice bitches talking out they jaw. Next minute calling for the law. This nine I have them calling for the law. They ain't getting shmoney, so they ball. I can never lose. What you thought? And they got it all lock, man, of course. They say I got the juice, I got the sauce. These haters on my body, shake them all. These haters on my body, shake them all. Fifth and final choice, and I'm glad to have found this in the store because I've actually been looking for this record for a while. It's 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 by someone who is a friend of mine. His name is Daniel Lopayton. He goes by the moniker 10 Tricks Point Never, and mostly his stuff is electronic or uh, I don't know if you would call it ambient. It's mostly electronic based, but this is uh, his soundtrack for a recent film called Good Time. And the film is by a couple friends of mine, these, these two brothers from New York called Josh and Benny Safdie. And um, I have an old connection with them because one of the, the first film that they did together, they're, they're two brothers, they're young, in their late 20s, early 30s. And in 2007 and 8, they worked on this film called Daddy Long Legs, which was about their young life as brothers together when they were growing up with their mom and dad split up and their the time that they would spend with their dad every every year like the dad would have them for a couple weeks every year and he was an amazing dad but he was a terrible parent or maybe terrible is not the right word but he was not a not a classic parent let's put it that way and when they made this film they cast my two sons to play them in the film so my two sons co-starred in this first film of theirs called Daddy Long Legs in 2008. Uh, they were like seven and nine at the time, and that's that was the, the period of the film. 
And so uh, they, they're in the film. My wife, Leah Singer, plays the, the, the dad's ex in the film, and I've even got a little cameo in the film. But we, we, we met them back then, and they were cast on the street. My kids are not actors, but uh, one of these two brothers, Josh, Josh Safdie, came up to uh, my wife, Leah, on the street one day and was like, hey, sorry to bother you. I'm looking for two kids about the age of your two kids to be in this film. And it just started this whole crazy process that snowballed into them being the the co-stars of this film. And like we went to Cannes and they walked the red carpet and we went to Sundance and it won some awards and all this stuff. But the, the gist of it for me is that I think these two guys are really great filmmakers. And in this classic mode of like New York filmmakers that, you know, includes people like Scorsese and like all of the classic filmmakers you can imagine that came out of New York. I think these are two up and comers in that uh, mold. And their last film was called Heaven Can Wait. It's kind of a story of of New York uh, underground heroin users like junkies in New York, kind of an update of Panic in Needle Park or a movie like that. And it's an amazing movie. And their new movie, actually, I haven't seen it yet. It's called Good Time. And the word that I'm getting from everybody is that it's amazing. And they went to Cannes. Uh, I think they're very well liked by the French who really appreciate cinema and, and movie makers. And this soundtrack record won uh, the award in Cannes uh, this year as best soundtrack. And I think it's a really amazing soundtrack. And from what I hear, it really fuels the movie, like from start to finish. It's like this soundtrack is driving the movie along. So it's mostly electronic music. But I'm going to choose the last song on it, track 13, which is called The Pure and the Damned. And this is a, this song features Iggy Pop on vocals. And it's it's a, you know... Iggy's amazing and he's amazing for his work with the Stooges and he's amazing for his solo career but he's like he's kind of an incredible versatile artist people don't always real you know like he did a record of like uh like French chanson kind of songs and he's done all this different stuff and he's almost never uh, it ne- almost never fails that he's just amazing last year I worked on this TV show in America called Vinyl and we had him in to, to do singing on a song. And it was just like, whatever he does, it's just like he does it with his full heart and, and voice. And he's just almost always amazing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's rare that anyone has a career as longstanding and as incredible as his. So he's guest singer on this one song, The Pure and the Damned. And it's a really beautiful song. It's almost like he's a spoken word artist on it rather than really singing. But it's, it's a really beautiful track. And it caps the uh the soundtrack album to the movie good time by 10 tricks point never and it also i believe closes the film as well so try and see the film good time by josh and benny softy and we're gonna play the pure and the damned by 10 tricks point never From love, 
That's it. We're, we're just going to finish the show actually with one track from your new album. Oh, good, good. So I'd just like to say a big thanks for stopping by and um, and having a chat with us and, and choosing your shop lesson choices. Um, what track would you like to finish with? Um, well, you know, one thing I love about this record is is that it's I, I feel that from one track to another it's really varied just because of the way we we made these songs. There's not too many tracks that sound like each other, so it would be possible to pick lots of different. 
uh, songs from from this record. But let's go out with um, the second song on the record, which is called Uncle Skeleton. To the hand bone, bite the hand that the skeleton feeds. Skeleton's waiting in the wings. You mustn't let the skeleton leave. So even if you're tired of losing, maybe you believe in your skin. Lay down an easy card. Let it 
still falling I wonder if the same things are true that we said before Now I feel I'm endless soaring Every night it's the same thing that you do We fall, we fall And then we Dedicated to Bobby Jameson. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.